Blog Talk Radio. Do you love uploading video to the web, but you can't stand those pesky ads that come with it? Well, go to blazingryradio.com and click on the banner for Vimeo. Vimeo loves your videos. Save and share your videos in beautiful HD with no disruptive ads. As a basic member, you can upload up to 500 megabytes of video per week for free. As a plus member, you can upload up to 5 gigs of video per week. And that is $59.95 per year. And if you want to go pro, you can upload up to 20 gigs of video per week for only $199 per year, billed annually. So, go ahead on over to BlazingRyeRadio.com, click on the banner for Vimeo, and get to uploading. Thank you for listening. BlazingRyeRadio.com The great city playboy They're always around To help build your hope up Then help drag you down They'll leave you with nothing Worth singing about What's poppin', my dirties? It is Wednesday, July 2nd, 2014. You're checking in with your smoking nephew, and I'd like to welcome on this very program, Blaze and Rye Backstage, the Sade to my batter and wah, Mr. Jonathan Weeks. Jonathan, how are you? Good. How are you, man? Hey! Yeah. Oh, man. Yes, What's going on with you, my friend? I feel like it's been a long time. Are you still in this uh, transitional purgatory of, of life right now? I, I am. I'm still in purgatory. I'm stuck. I'm, I'm one of those spirits flying around in a circle continually all the time. <laughs> yes, I'm back. And it feels like a year since we've been doing this. What's yeah, going on? I don't know, man. I, I Speaking of these spirits that fly around, uh, do you know how to get rid of, uh, safely get rid of objects that may be evil or possessed? Um, yes. You should how? find, you got, well, it, it depends on what it is. It, it, is it, can you tell me what it is? I can't. I can't tell you. I can't. Okay. Um, <laughs> you should bury it. In your worst enemy's backyard. (laughs) 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 Who's? I mean, I can think of uh, I can think of a particular uh, groom whose backyard I might bury it in. (laughs) (laughs) You should do that. Do that. (laughs) Oh man, weeks. Uh, You know, tonight. I just want to let everyone know we have a guest on the program tonight, Carrie Compier from uh, Holler If You Hear Me, the Tupac musical on Broadway. Um, oh, yeah. So sh- she'll be on in just a minute. And, uh, yeah, weeks. It, it just feels like uh, it's been an eternity since we last spoke. It's, it's good to have the gang back together. I know Sire, the wizard, has been going through some things. So uh, hopefully this is, is very uh, revelatory and uh, healing 
and and at the same time very stressful for all of us. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. You know, <laughs> the last couple of weeks have been terrible. I don't know what it is, but it, I think it's because of this show. It's, 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 I've become addicted to the show, and uh, you know, I've been in a state of wallowing misery all you know last two weeks. Well, well why haven't we done the show then? I know, I know. I felt like sometimes you can't always have the good. You got to go through the bad sometimes, you know. You got to punish yourself a little bit. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yes, you're <laughs> quite a masochist in that regard. <laughs> yeah, I am. I guess I, I think I am in a way. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, are, can you tell me anything about what's going on with your life, or is it all top secret? No, it's uh, you know I've just been been working. Uh, I'm waiting on you know, uh, and you know. Um, a start date, you know, an offer from, the, you know, the promotion that I'm waiting on, and, you know, things take a long time, uh, so I've just been sitting hopefully for it and uh, being quiet, keeping a low profile, in other words. Got it. By the way, yeah. for those first-time listeners, this show, and I've always said this, what have I always said about this show, Weeks? It's incredible. <laughs> it, it is not episodic it is continuous so yes. i expect people to be confused right now and for that we do not apologize but we encourage you to go back and listen to uh a year full of free funny you can get all the funny for free how do you like that and then you can understand like what the hell we're talking about yeah um it's, it's, let me find out is more of like this is, it, you know, if I were to equate this show to something, I would say a madman's diary. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you think that we both make up one madman? Yes, I think we do. I think we, together, we complete a, a totally insane, crazy madman. Agreed. Yes. Now, Jonathan, <laughs> I need you to do me a solid right now. I'm going to check and see if our, our guest is on the line, and just tell me every single detail about your day starting now. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, you know, I went to work early in the morning. Didn't get out till late in the morning. Uh, you know, what did I do? I drove to work. Somebody was not in the right side of the road. I almost went right into them, even though they, it was their fault. I got to work. I waited for the security guard. I went inside. Um, it was very nice. It was a nice day out today. I went out and went to the gas station where I usually go get my lunch. <laughs> and, uh, I got a hot dog to eat. I got uh, that green tea. There's no nice tea. It's only 99 cents. It's just pretty good. Uh, it keeps me awake, uh, especially for those long days. Uh, then I went to back to work. I was in my cubicle. Okay. It was fun. Okay, that's, that's uh, enough. That's, st just, just stop it. Just stop it. All right. Our guest tonight is currently making her Broadway debut in the groundbreaking Tupac Shakur-based musical Holler If You Hear Me at the Palace Theater. Please welcome to the program the very talented Carrie Compeer. Carrie, how are you? Hi, I am wonderful. How are you? Thank you for having me. Welcome. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome. Um, Thank Carrie, you. Carrie, my first question is how badly am I mispronouncing your last name? Am I getting it okay or no? D what did you say? You said Compeer, right? I said Compeer. <laughs> that was, well, that's, that was better than what most people say, so bravo to you. It's actually just compare. It's like compare oh, okay. you to me. Yeah. So we're already 
in a competition, you're saying. We Absolutely, always. always. <laughs> <laughs> I see. All right. Well, uh, Carrie, uh, are you, you're in New York, right? So did you get caught in the monsoon tonight? Well, actually, I live in New Jersey, and so I'm, I'm home. Today was my day off, um, thank God. And so I'm, I am in New Jersey, in central New Jersey, but I did get caught in the monsoon. I, I happened to be out running really, really quickly, and I came out of the store, and it was just like buckets. So, yeah, yeah. we were dealing with But it's cooled everything down, which I'm grateful for, actually. It, I have all Definitely. my windows up now, and it's, like, cool in the house, yeah. That's important. Um, so yeah. Congratulations, Carrie, on your Broadway debut. What has the Thank experience you. been like so far? Oh, my goodness. It's been a whirlwind. Um, you know, you just I, – I, I started out, uh, you know, really wanting this, and um, thank God for my wonderful, beautiful manager, Susan Kempachera-Comfrey, who's probably listening right now um, from CBU Management. Um, yes, she shout was out to wonderful Susan. And, yes, shout out to Susan. Um, she's been wonderful um, and, and just such a huge part of me getting to this point. But to actually get on a Broadway stage and, and to stand on a Broadway stage and to perform and do what I love to do, there's no words for it. I absolutely cannot explain it. It's um, it's still a bit surreal for me. I'm still every day like, oh, my God, I'm walking to the Palace Theater and I'm going to my dressing room and I'm getting a costume on, <laughs> you know, yeah. and they're micing me up and I get to do this eight times a week. And it's um, it's beautiful. I love it. Absolutely love it. How good did it feel to put that Broadway credit on your resume? Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, the joy. I would, I, it's so funny. I changed my resume a couple weeks ago, and I was just going in the type real quick, and I was like, oh, my God, I can finally write Broadway. Like, I can finally put this on here, and people will see it, and casting directors will see it. It's important. You know, it was important to me to have that credit, and it, it felt really, really good to be able to type that. As a matter of fact, I, I had gone in for um, – for something a, a, about a week ago, and uh, I was—I happily <laughs> passed on a resume like, uh, yeah, and I got my Broadway credit there, just touching it, you know. <laughs> so it's been great. It's been great. There's always this. Uh, whenever I, I audition, occasionally these days, there's this hesitation where, uh, oh, I have all these workshops on my resume, and you know, nothing official like you know, like you have. Oh. So. So jealous, but uh, I'm Let so happy. Let me tell you, we yes, we have all been there. <laughs> Actually, you know, even with the show that I'm doing now, it started as a workshop. Like that's how right. I got it. You know, so those workshops, man, I'm telling you, don't don't <laughs> sleep on them. They're good. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, that's how the things get. I mean, look at Rent. You know, that became yeah, one of absolutely. the biggest shows ever. Started at the New York Theater yep. Workshop. Um, so speaking of the show. Tell us a little bit about Holler If You Hear Me. It's, it's based on the lyrics of the great Tupac Shakur, uh, yeah. and what else can you tell us about that? Um, right. It's, um, it's based on the lyrics of Tupac. Um, shout out to Tupac. I mean, what a wonderful uh, artist. Don't get me. poet. He's, he's, he's wonderful. Um, uh, the story is essentially about an ex-con who returns to the hood, and he wants to change his own life. And um, he actually winds up changing his community uh, in a really profound way. Um, and there are some, some um, underlying, you know, uh, 
subjects that kind of flow throughout. There's a there's a little bit of a love story, a love triangle. Um, we definitely deal with um, uh, inner city issues. There's gang violence, there's gun violence, there's um, people who are impoverished. Um, it's sort of a, a looking glass, you know, a mirror of of what our what's going on in our society even today. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's interesting because the music that Tupac wrote, you know, he wrote this, what was it, 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, and to find that a lot of what he had to say is still very relevant today. Uh, even just this past week, there were, I believe it was somewhere between 14 to 18 shootings in all five boroughs in New York oh um, just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Then um, they all happened in, on one night, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 a story of relevance. <laughs> it's a story of um, of what is happening in a lot of the communities today, and um, some people may shy away from it because it is kind of hard to have to look at. You know, this is a reality. But um, but I encourage people to come out and to watch it and to see it um, because it's not only about that, but it's also about hope. It's about change. It's about peace. You know, it's about love. Um, and 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 love is sort of the the broad <laughs> the broad theme. You know, um, you meet a community of people who are broken, uh, but in the end, you know, you see how much they do love each other and how they do come together. You know, uh, and it, it, I feel it's a very powerful piece. Uh, it sounds like a beautiful story. Um, yeah. I uh, I can't wait to see it. Uh, and yes. you, Carrie, are in uh, the ensemble as well as understudying. I am. Uh, Andrea and Mom are the characters. Tell me a little yes. bit about those characters. Well, um, we have our lead, um, Saul Williams. He plays the character John. He's the lead character. And then the wonderful, wonderful Christopher Jackson of Broadway, oh. I guess, royalty now. Um, he did <laughs> In the Heights and Lion sure. King. And uh, he plays uh, Virtus, who is uh, John's best friend. Uh, then we have Sekhan Singblo, who um, who just actually just came – from Motown, we stole her. <laughs> we stole her from Motown, um, and she plays the the lead female. And then there's um, Tanya Pinkins, who is Broadway royalty. I mean, she's awesome. She uh, she plays Mrs. Weston, Andrea Weston, and she's the one that I understudy for. Um, and she plays Virtus's mother. We have John Jelks, uh, two-time Obie winner this year, um, who's amazing as John's father. And then we have Ben Thompson, who was in Matilda um, and a slew of other, you know, uh, shows. And then we have some uh, Broadway newbies as myself, Joshua Boone and um, Delon Burnside, who are making their Broadway debut as um, two of our other principal characters, and they really just hold it down. It's it's a great cast. We have a cast of about 27 um, people, and everybody, the principals, the ensemble, everybody is just so Great, you know, I really, really love working with this cast on and off the stage. Like everybody's so mm-hmm. great. Don't you love theater people? Aren't they the best? I do, I do. I mean, I think, I mean, just to be around, to be surrounded by the creativity, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the. I mean, you're you're not boxed in. You can dream as much as you want. You know, you can think outside sure. of that. You can color outside of the lines, you know. Mm-hmm. You can make things up. You can, you know, explore and experiment with things. And that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about this particular process was Kenny Leon, our director, who just won his Tony this year for A Raisin in the Sun, 
um, he really did allow us to explore. And um, although I'm a part of the ensemble, uh, he, you know, I do play, you know, characters, and he kind of allowed even the ensemble to kind of take some liberties and do certain things and explore with certain, um, you know, uh, choices. And, um, and so that, that part of the process has been really great as well. You know, so yes, I love theater people. They're they're the best. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, not only are you working eight days a week week on the rigorous Broadway schedule, but you're also a wife and a mother. How do you balance out everything that you do? Oh my gosh, let me tell you, prayer, brother, prayer. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, my my husband, we we've been married for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. He, I'm telling you, he's just. He is my ride or die. He is. He has held it down. A few years ago, maybe about four years ago, I went on tour. I went on the, um, the National Broadway tour of Shrek, and we mm-hmm. were on the road for 14 months. And he just became mommy, daddy, chef, chauffeur, tutor, uh, stylist, uh, hair stylist to my children. Like, he became everything, and he just, he holds it down. I'm telling you, he, he is like... He's, he is everything. So I think he, he helps me to balance it out a lot. And then my kids, too, are very artistic, so they love that I'm in the theater. They love to uh, come around and, and see what I do. And, you know, and it makes me the cool mom. So mm-hmm. so they're like, Mommy, yeah, you go ahead and, you know, handle your business. My, <laughs> my children were able to come to uh, opening night a few weeks ago, and they met, like, Spike Lee and Vincent Vaughn and, you know, and so, you know, I'm the cool mom. So, they're, so I'm, you know, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get much cooler than that. Are they uh, yeah. also into acting or music or what? Yeah, both, actually. My, mm-hmm. uh, my son is a drummer, and um, he actually has a little band, um, and uh, he's also a writer. He wants to direct, and he's really good at acting my my daughter wants to dance so that's her thing she wants to dance and then possibly move uh to the to uh the camera at some point maybe doing some tv or film stuff so we've been talking about it you know the number one thing right now which we stress highly in my household is um is school and education so that's where Mm -hmm. their focus is right now yep cool uh, I hear my, my co-host, the Great City Playboy, Jonathan Weeks, I hear him chomping at the bit over there to, to ask oh, a I question. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, hi, Carrie. How are you doing? I'm good. Congratulations on your uh, debut, by the way. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, one thing I was looking at, and, uh, the, you know, concerning Holler, if you hear me, um, you know, and I was just we're curious, you know, because it's, it's contemporary, you know, Tupac was a pretty contemporary artist, and yeah. you know, I, I grew up listening to him. Um, how would you say you, it has that impacted the audience, like uh, maybe ethnically, age-wise, uh, whatnot? Have you seen a difference, you know, apart from other shows that you may have seen, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and in terms of open-mindedness and whatnot? Uh, yeah. yeah. Comment on that. I think, um, well, firstly, I have to say our our audiences have been, surprisingly to me, um, really diverse, you know, um, we get the older, uh, you know, white couples that come and then the, the younger black couples and we have age, I mean, every cultural, racial background you can think of has been, has sat in that audience and I think that was the goal of uh, Kenny and Todd Kreiler, our writer, 
when they were conceptualizing this, that they did want it to, um, they wanted it to reach over generational gaps, cultural gaps, racial gaps. Um, and so as someone, as someone being on stage and looking out into the audience, it's, it really is a rainbow. Um, everybody's experience coming in has been, you know, we've heard everything from, oh, I don't even know who Tupac is, to, oh, my God, I was, I was in, you know, I was there when he was shot. I was crying. I wanted to go to his funeral. I mean, we had people coming that were so closely connected to him and his music. So, um, but when they all walk out, there have been so many people who have not known who Tupac is who walk out and they're like, oh, my God, I loved this show. I loved the music. I loved the words. Because you don't have to know Tupac in order to enjoy this experience. And then for those who knew who Tupac was and who knew his music, they were like, oh, my gosh, you helped me to see this song in a different light. <laughs> you know, right. it's something to pair the, the music and the lyrics with now a scene and to see how it plays that out within the context of a scene. Um, and so, and that has actually been my own experience as well, seeing how, um, how Todd was going to sort of infuse a story <laughs> or create a story around his music and how that was going to work. And I think it works beautifully, you know, I really do. So we've had people, people's reactions and uh, testimonials have been uh, across the board just how this was a different experience for them in the sense that either if they didn't know Tupac, they're like, I enjoyed it because I didn't even have to know who he was yeah. to, to, to get the story, to get the meat of it. And those who, who did know Tupac and are huge fans of, um, uh, of, of Tupac were like, oh, my God, you shed a different light, <laughs> you know, right. on I would have never seen this song in this way or whatever. So um, that's been uh, the experience I think that a lot of people are walking out of the theater with. Yeah, I would have to say that that's a phenomenal thing. And the success of this show is vital to, you know, any other further shows that they might have, you know, featuring other artists, you know, you know, Biggie and Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's so many you know, the hip hop culture and, and, and rap mm -hmm. it's so there's so much conscious um hip hop out there. You know, it's not all about, you know, the booty shorts and the jewelry and, you right. know, and some people choose to focus on that and that's fine. You know, I'm not judging that. But, the you know, hip-hop was born from that place. It was born from, you know, the place of, of socioeconomic consciousness, you know, mm -hmm. fighting the good fight, you know. Uh, you know, Tupac was born to parents who were activists, you know, so he was sort of born into this, this place of being conscious of who he was. What, what being a black man in the society meant at that time, you know, and even now, you know, he didn't know he was, he was sort of prophesying to the future, but even now, you know, so he was born into that. So a lot of what he had to say wasn't, it wasn't necessarily about the, you know, the gangster rap, you know, mm -hmm. the box that people like to put him in, but it was about a, a consciousness about who we are, about fighting, about, you know, fighting for equality, about being recognized as, as a human being, not just seeing me as a, as a thug, but I'm human. You know, I believe just like you do, you know, recognizing the, the, the issues that go on in these impoverished neighborhoods, you know, um, welfare and teen pregnancies. And uh, his first solo um, debut uh, record was Brenda's Got a Baby. And it hit hard because it talked about this 12-year-old girl 
who got pregnant and could not take care of her baby. And that was birthed out of a story that he read in the news about a 12-year-old girl who got pregnant by her cousin and threw the baby in the garbage, you know. And that's a hard story to hear. You know what I mean? That's a hard thing to have to hear, but it, it's a reality. It was a reality, and it was something that he chose to take on as a hip-hop artist, as a rapper, you know. And, um, and I respect him for, for taking on those issues and, and putting it in people's face. You know, putting it right there in your face and saying, okay, so what do we, here it is, what can we do? What changes can we make? I'm challenging you. You know, I'm challenging you to, to show up. It's not on your doorstep, but I'm going to bring it to your doorstep, you know. So, yeah. Carrie, do you feel a, uh, I mean, it seems that you do. Do, do you feel like a, a, a way deeper connection to uh, not only Tupac's um, words and music, but also to him personally after having worked on this show? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, the first time I had ever experienced Tupac was when I watched um, Nothing But Trouble. I don't know if you're familiar with that movie, but it's Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase and Demi Moore. And um, a lot of people don't even know he was in that movie, but he was singing in there with a group called Digital uh, Underground. And um, so the first time I heard him, I was like, oh, that's a cool guy. So I kind of followed him a little bit, you know. I, I really uh, wasn't heavy into Tupac until I got into maybe like my early 20s. And then um, that's when I really started, to, and it was really after he passed away that I had started to, to really listen to him. This experience for me has taken it to a whole other level. There's There are... Uh, facets of this man that I just did not know existed. You know, his poetry, oh, my God, his poetry is beautiful. You know, um, the love for women that he had, not just, I'm not talking about sexually, but, like, the respect. And a lot of people don't associate Tupac with, you know, respecting women, but uh, there's a song that the women sing in the show called um, Keep Your Head Up. And a lot of times we get questions about, like, oh, were those Tupac's lyrics too? You know, because the women sing it. And they're like, we're like, yeah, he wrote that. <laughs> he wrote that. And, it, and it's, it's empowering and it's, you know, and it's about, you know, respecting women and who we are and how beautiful we are. And so I definitely feel closer to him in the sense that I, I feel like I know more about him. I feel like I know his heart a little bit more. You know, I feel like, I know his passion a little bit more. Um, we were blessed to have his mother in the audience um, when we did a special birthday performance um, wow. on June 16th, I think it was, and she spoke to the cast and the, the entire company after the show, and she was just, oh, my God, she just blew me away. She was just so, she praised us and what we were doing and how we were honoring her son and honoring his legacy through this. Um, so I'm proud of that. I'm proud to be a part of that, definitely. Absolutely. What's been the most surprising thing that you've learned about him or maybe one of his songs that you didn't know what it was about before and, and now you do? Has there been any kind of um, revelations in this process? You know, I I think I love everything that we do in the show, um, mm -hmm. but... Dear Mama, which is a, a popular song, and it's a song that I was very familiar with, but to hear it performed the way that it is, uh, Christopher Jackson sings it, 
it definitely gave me a whole new perspective on his love for his mom. Like when you when I thought of Tupac, I didn't really think of him as like a mama's boy. <laughs> you know, I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it his his love, like his pure love, and how he recognizes her sacrifice, the sacrifices that um, she made for him, and how he wanted to honor that. Um, and it showed me how sensitive he was. Um, and how he paid attention, you know, he really paid attention. It, I don't, I don't feel like much ever went over his head. You know, he was a smart, intelligent, a uh, well-versed young man. You know, and um, dear mama, for me to hear it, to hear those lyrics, and to know that he wrote those lyrics, um, it made me um, sort of see him in a different light. I think that was the kind of the the, the turning point for me once I heard it the way that uh, it was written into the script, it was the turning point for me. And it sort of opened me up to then, you know, um, sort of finding that place within the other songs as well. So we mm-hmm. do changes and ghetto gospel. Oh, my God. We do, the, the, the power in these lyrics is just is phenomenal. And I think that's what I found. That was the revelation, was the power mm-hmm. in what he was saying. That's awesome. Um, Weeks, you got, you got another question? No, I was just, uh, you just mentioned Changes. You know, Changes is probably one of my favorite rap songs of all time. And, yeah. You know, I, I'd say the other side of Pac, too, is like he's, he's almost like a prophet. You know, he's talking about oh, like, yeah. an African-American president in the song. He's talking about yep. nation never comes to that, that point. And, uh, you know, there was that whole mysterious side to him, which kind of, you know, brings rise to that, you know, is, is he alive? Is he dead? You know, that kind of thing. And, yeah, <laughs> um, the whole mystique to it, and uh, you know, because he was a man, you know, beyond just a, a human being in a lot of ways, yeah. you know. So, um, I guess, yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. I, I, you have a real impact here on you know not just the hip hop industry, but uh, you know, just the future of Broadway shows. And 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 yeah. what 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 other I guess hip hop artists would you like to see? Uh, you know, I mean, maybe influence a Broadway show. What do you think? Um, I definitely Biggie because I'm a Biggie fan. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely a Biggie fan. Um, I, I, you know, a lot of this guy is really, really controversial, but I kind of have a place in my heart for DMX. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think he's just really misunderstood, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have, like, oh, my God, there's just so many people that I think have so much to say, like um, KRS-One. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Craig Mack, you know, um, just, oh, I can't even, I mean, J- even Jay-Z, you know, I, I feel like um, he's, he's, a, he's a really smart guy. And I think that even if they, if, if he decided to do a musical, I think he would just write all new music for it, you know, that would be interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, this, I, I, think, um, I think there's room for that to happen. And that's what we hope to, uh, to be opening the door to is, bridging the gap between the Broadway community and the hip hop community. You know, when these when these artists are rapping, they they are they're storytellers. They're telling stories. You know, it's the it's the it's they're giving you their plays. <laughs> they're giving you their musicals. They're giving you their, their act one and their act two. You know, um so I, I think it's I think this is the time for it and um and it may make some people uncomfortable but I would just encourage people to come out and see it and experience it. You know, I say 
see it before you say it, you know, come see it, you know, and experience it. And then, you know, and then see how you feel, see what you walk away with. Um, And um, I'm excited. I'm excited about this movement. We call it a revolution, you know. I'm excited about this movement. And I think it will open the door for other things like this to happen. Sure. Um, You maybe want to see it. I'm going to go see it now. Yes, you guys have to come see it. And, I mean, let me know, you know. Let me know. Oh, you can hook, you can hook us up? We, well, we can maybe try to do a little something. <laughs> I can't promise anything. You, I, you, you're recording me right now, so I can't make anything official. <laughs> Gary, I just want to let you know that the last time John Weeks saw a show in New York City, it was Charlie Sheen's one-man show at Radio City. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. That's funny. Wow. <laughs> well, we're going to help you out, brother. We're going to help Thank you out. You. <laughs> I, need it. I need to get out more often. I know. Not, not only that, but he went again to the show in Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, wait a minute. Oh, wait. wait a minute. Is this true? Yeah, yeah. New York. Oh, oh my god, that's awesome. That yeah, is awesome. <laughs> Only the so, finest uh, of Broadway for me. <laughs> oh my we, god. Oh my uh, god. Carrie has got some pipes on her. I I watched some of your YouTube Aww. videos. You sound incredible. Uh, I can't wait to hear you in person. And yeah. I hope you come back when you're nominated for your first Tony. Oh, yeah. you win your first Tony. I, listen, I prom- you make sure you call Susan. And when, yeah. when I'm nominated, you make sure you call her and you say, Carrie promised us an interview. <laughs> <laughs> it will happen. An absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining oh, the program tonight. That's very compare. Thank you so um, much. And, oh. guys, just so you know, on, um, on Tuesday, July 8th, the mm-hmm. cast will be performing on Good Morning America. So you, it's going to be around oh. an 8 a.m. Oh, wow. uh, time. Yeah, so check us out, please. Check us out. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah. uh, almost forgot to mention, uh, go see Holler If You Hear Me at the Palace Theater yes. on Broadway. Palace you can get tickets yes. at Ticketmaster or at the Palace Box Office. Um, it runs yes. every day except Wednesdays, right? Except Wednesday, absolutely. Two shows on Saturday, two shows on Sunday. Yep. All right. Ample opportunities. No excuse not to see it. Karen, no. thank you so much. That's right. Thank you thank so you. much, guys. Have a good evening. Thank sure. you, Have too. a wonderful night. You All too. right. You too. Bye. 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 The delightful Carrie compare, that was. Compare, rather, that was. Compare. Um, compare. Jeez, I'm, I got a little... Uh, Andrew Mandrew in the in the voice tonight. I'm mispronouncing things. Uh, John, do you know what time it is? Oh my goodness, it's a hot mess of walls. Yep. What the hell was that? <laughs> that was the wrong. Woo! What was that? Oh, I'm toast, bro. Oh, no. Oh. I, get, 
boy. I guess, I guess you know what's been going on with me the last five days. It's just been crazy. Actually, Sounds it's been a week stressful. of it. Yeah, Actually, it's been a week of it. Because, you know, I this time last week we were on the road driving Miss Daisy North. And mm-hmm. everything was going well. Uh, so Wednesday night we made it to Florence, South Carolina. Thursday night we made it to Fredericksburg, Virginia. Friday night we made it to New York. She slept well the first night here with us. Now, Miss Daisy, for those of you who don't know, is my sometimes cracker mother, who we decided to, who we decided to bring north for the summer because we couldn't be down there with her. It's clear she can't be on her own anymore. Aging is not for sissies, people, just to let you know. Yeah. Uh, so she can't be by herself, so we thought we'd bring her up. So then Saturday night, she proceeds to fall in the bedroom that we had set up for her, prompting a 24-hour emergency room to being admitted to Beth Israel and then having surgery for a broken hip and a fractured shoulder on Monday morning. And now we are back to Wednesday, a week ago, where it all started, and she's in what I can safely say is called, technically, hospital-induced delirium. Oh, wow. So, oh, my goodness. So the hot mess, I'm afraid at this point, is me, me, and me yet again. <laughs> because, because today, in her delirium, uh, apparently I'm responsible for everything. I mm-hmm. sabotaged her. I am working in cahoots with the hospital and the doctors to keep her there against her will. I was told I should alternately go kill myself, go fuck myself, and just take a hike. Uh, yeah. No fun. No. So I'm sitting here on my fourth shot of tequila and contemplating the fact that I have to go to sleep as soon as this is over to get my abs back up and into the hospital for another 12-hour dose of it. Oh so, so, as I said, I don't mean to be the downer after such a lovely show you were having with Carrie, who is fucking awesome, yeah. my God. how great is but, she? Uh, just, just a heads up, folks. You know, this, you, you're, you're all, you all have this in your future. Because if you have parents who are aging, this is what happens. And it's just, it's no fucking fun suddenly becoming the parent to your parent. Right. Mm. So, like I said, I'm sorry to be, you know, the turd in the punch bowl tonight. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm kind of limp. What can I tell you? There's there's no getting it up tonight, babe. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Fair enough. We're pulling well, we'll... for you, though, Tommy. We're pulling for you. Yes. Yeah. I know you well I wish you could pull it for me, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well we will try to get you off tonight in terms of at least a distraction and tell some jokes. So we're gonna take a uh, yeah, little no, break. No, that, that, that I can do. That'll be that'll be fine. I just uh as I said, couldn't it I can't make it rise to the occasion tonight, so <laughs> I you always do, my friend. You always do. We, Unless, of course, Weeks wants to come through and pull it like he suggested he would. So there you go. <laughs> Weeks, go over anything and pull Anything for you, Tommy Boy, anything. <laughs> we have that on record you know, now. Boy, 
You know where I am on Waverly Place. <laughs> I, got, I got your I got your wizard right here. <laughs> and, and, and you can put and you can put a cap on it too if you want. <laughs> Save some of that tequila for me. Yeah, I got your bag, got your magic wand right here, boo. <laughs> We're going to take a little break. We'll be right back with jokes. Here we go. Hey, looking for the right deal to spice up your love life? Well, look no further than BlazingRyeRadio.com. Click on the banners for AdamEveToys.com. Once you're there, you'll find vibrators, dildos, women's sex toys, men's sex toys, male masturbators, anal sex toys, kinky bondage, strap-ons, and a few of these featured products at the moment. You got Adam's Extension, a pleasure enhancer, A&E Vibrating Silver Bullet 2.0, and the Adam and Eve Ball Buzzer Penis Ring. Just go to blazingryeradio.com, click on the banners for Adam Eve Toys, and you'll find a good head kit for him, Oral Sex Essentials Kit, Adam and Eve Deep Throat Gel, and Passion Packs for Couples. Trust me, you and your partner will be getting busy in no time. BlazingRyeRadio.com Weeks kick us off. All right. Iceland's government denied 10-year-old Harriet Cardew's passport renewal request, allegedly because her name doesn't comply with Icelandic baby naming laws. Eventually, the Icelandic prime minister, in a statement, clarified his country wouldn't renew the 10-year-old's passport because Harriet is an old-ass name, like for old ladies, like Eleanor or Ruth. Oh. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Uh, New, New Jersey Chunkamaka Governor Chris Christie told CNBC host Andrew Ross Sorkin and Joe Kiernan that he doesn't read the Huffington Post because doing so raises his fucking blood pressure. Yeah, not those dozen Boston cream fucking donuts you're devouring each day, you tubby piece of shit. <laughs> Nick Cannon broke into a freestyle rap attack against Robin Thicke this week where he said, You the one with blurred lines. Y'all should have seen it coming. I, can, I call them blurred signs. Yeah. Well, what does Nick Cannon know about staying married to a successful, beautiful women, woman anyway? You know? I mean, what, what does he know? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Mommy. (laughs) The Federal Trade Commission filed a complaint Tuesday alleging a cell phone company, T-Mobile, knowingly billed customers for hundreds of millions of dollars in bogus charges. 
listen, I just joined T-Mobile, and they were nice enough to pay my early termination fee to my previous provider. Wait. A chlorine blast explosion was reported at the General Motors plant in Marion, Indiana. Fortunately, everyone was okay, except General Motors CEO Mary T. Barra, who asked her shrink to double her dose of Lexapro because she's in trouble. (laughs) Nobody knows. No. This year. No. This year. <laughs> this year. No. <laughs> no. 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 Isn't it like 27 million cars that are recalling now? It's like ridiculous. I think it's a billion. Jesus. It's ridiculous. Jesus. Yeah, it's almost as many donuts as Chris Christie eats every day. <laughs> yeah. But also, I mean, it's a but also at a certain point. I mean, there's only been 16 deaths, you know, attributed to those 27 million cars. Right. That, that, you know, it's like you take your fucking chances when you're behind the wheel of something anyway. That's the whole right. thing about George Carlin, in this case, would say, like, 16 people die. Big fucking deal, you know? Get over Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Going back to, like, 1970, it's like, mm-hmm. really? <laughs> This year, the Macy's Fireworks Show is going to be over the East River instead of the Hudson. Mob bosses rejoiced since now they can dump their bodies in peace. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> never, never, baby. <laughs> yeah. Forget about it. Peace. Shout out to Sherry. Maine Governor Paul LePage is disputing allegations that he has ties to a domestic terrorist organization. Now, this is no way to be a man in Maine, Maine. Bains! Oh, Paul Lepage. The VA ordered a doctor's appointment, offered a doctor's appointment to a veteran two years after he died. Guys, I'm beginning to see the problem here. Yeah, I think... <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah. The doctor will see you. <laughs> a Brooklyn a Brooklyn artist is renting out a jail cell in a Bushwick apartment where people can stay for one dollar a night, plus a three hundred dollar deposit, as long as they stay in the in the cell and do nothing. Listen, I know looking like you have and and you do nothing is cool in Brooklyn, but this is getting a bit ridiculous. Uh, now this was really sad to watch yesterday Serena Williams retired from her doubles match with her sister Wimpson yesterday when chair umpire Kate Anani noticed Williams couldn't get one serve in she climbed down to speak to the tennis champion Serena said that she couldn't go on due to fatigue and that she would also like to shove this fucking ball down the umpire's throat. <laughs> <laughs> she, she does tend to say that a lot. Usually it's the lines women. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was only like deja vu. I couldn't tell if they were going to the videotape. <laughs> <laughs> only it was, it was grass time. instead of concrete. Yeah, but I mean, that was scary. She looked like one of Jerry's kids out there trying to play tennis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
In a National Geographic Channel interview, Monica Lewinsky discussed the day the Star Report was released by saying, I was a virgin of humiliation of that level until that day. And Monica Lewinsky wins the award for the worst word choice ever! <laughs> Anyone else find it interesting that, just that her, her first interview in 20 years is on the National Geographic Channel? <laughs> yeah. yeah, was she showing the movies? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Blogger S- Simone Hill put together a list of cringeworthy wedding guest fails that includes people who get too drunk and people who yell about how they should have been bridesmaids instead of those chosen. The most cringeworthy, however, are lawyers who went to Yale. <laughs> a little Yale, a little Eli humor. <laughs> The co-founder of Tinder has been suspended over sexual harassment claims. Yeah, right. Like, we didn't see that coming? (laughs) (laughs) International conservative group, the World Congress of Families, is planning a worldwide conference in Utah next year. Each member will require at least two bedrooms to accommodate each of their wives. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Mississippi Tea Party Senate candidate Chris McDaniel has presented no evidence to support his claim that voter fraud pushed Senate incumbent Tad Cochran to victory in Mississippi's GOP runoff. Well, look at that. A delusional member of the Tea Party. Whoa! 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 I can't wait to I can't wait to hear you get through this one weeks. Take it away. Uh, I, I, I was just looking at it. I don't know about this one. Uh, Come on. Google, Google Incorporated has acquired streaming music service Sundaga. No Sunza. Oh great. Not only does Google know where I work and where I sleep, but now it's going to know just how addicted I am to Barry Manilow <laughs> at the Copa Copa Cabana. I said the Copa Copa Cabana. Damn. Makes you want to have a rum and cock, a cola. <laughs> Makes the cock brothers lick it off your cock. <laughs> a Wisconsin dog popped up its owner's diamond ring five years after it went missing. That's the longest anyone has had anything lodged in her throat since one night in Paris. We <laughs> wee. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, that's hot. That's hot. Former New York City police officer Gilberto Valley left jail... Shut up, Weeks. Left jail Tuesday after a judge overturned his conviction in a case that accused him of plotting on the Internet to eat young women, including his wife. When released, Valley smiled at his family and hugged his lawyers in court and told prosecutors he was eager to get back to a normal life after spending 20 months in jail. He said the thing he was most looking forward to, however, was going home and eating his entire family. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. 
Arizona kindergartner Eric Lopez was accused by his school of sexual misconduct for pulling his pants down. Damn, that reminds me of the time I got arrested for giving Molly Bernstein my cooties. Oh, cooties, cooties. Ew, Ew gross. Ew. That is gross. <laughs> yes, Sire, what do you think about that? Sexual misconduct for pulling down your pants. A fucking four-year-old. Are you kidding me? Well, you think that's too that's too old? No, that's totally cute. <laughs> I would encourage them to do that. <laughs> Be careful what you say. Not for my benefit, mind you, because that's a little perverted. <laughs> but certainly Molly Bernstein would love it. Ooh la la. Oregon security officer Steve Zellick is expected of harboring the body of a 19-year-old Jenny Gamez in a suitcase. It turns out she wouldn't have been found, but he kept arguing that Delta was charging him too much to check his luggage. Holy shit. Holy shit. Okay, and then the icing on the cake, fellas. A Frederick, Maryland woman complained she was served a bag of marijuana with her fast food order at a Sonic drive-in. What the fuck was she so upset about? But it saved me a whole lot of time and money, goddammit. Can you say a half? We love you. Get some rest. Yes. Get some Hang in there, brother. Good luck, brother. Yeah, thanks, babe. Ciao, Belly. Right. Nice to you, babe. Thank you. Talk to you next week. Bye, 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 All right, Weeks. So, now we get to the point in the shoe, as Ed Sullivan used to say, where um, if anyone has problems, anyone has... Uh, a concern, an issue, a problem, something that you think that this show might be able to help you out with, feel free to call in and talk to Dr. Weeks. Just okay. as a disclaimer, John Weeks is not a licensed <laughs> doctor. Uh, call 917-388-4131. That's 917-388-4131. Uh, in the do. meantime... Yeah. Weeks, how delightful was Carrie compare there? How delightful was she? Oh my God, what a what what an amazing person! Incredibly well spoken, enjoyable to just listen to her speak. Uh, how passionate she is about her work in, in Broadway, about Tupac, about hip hop, and just life in general. I think she just has everything going for her, and I wish her the best. And that was that was amazing. I thought that was uh, one of our best. You know, even though we've had you know this couple. Uh, best mm. interviews, really amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm really digging this this whole. I don't know what to do about the other show, man. I, I you know, I may as well just throw that shit in the garbage. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, no, I'm kidding. That was the OG. That was the yeah. OG show. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm loving the way that these 15 to 25 minute interviews fit into the backstage show. I love it. Yes, it's a great variety of the show and interesting. 
and uh, we got some great people. A lot of variety, you know. It's just um, uh, the you know we went from you know educational stuff to to Broadway to everything. I think that's a great thing. I love it. What what do they say about here? <laughs> what do they say about variety? It's the it's the spice it's of the, uh, it's the Jabina of life or something. <laughs> <laughs> variety is the Jabina of life. Yes. All right. right yeah. So it looks as though we have a caller who needs your help. Are you John Weeks ready, willing, and able to lend your services? I'm ready and willing, but I don't know about able. Let's do it. All right. All right, let's do it. 386, what's your name? Where are you checking in from? Hi, my name's Sherry, and I'm from the Bronx. Oh, Sherry from the Bronx. Do you ride the <laughs> Sorry, I Hi, um, I'm a first-time listener, and your show's awesome. And um, oh, I was just it. wondering... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was just wondering, I live in New York, and I've been living here for a few months, so what's the easiest way for a non-New Yorker to, I guess, assimilate and know all the cool places to hang out and make friends and, I guess, be more of a New Yorker? Craigslist. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. John Weeks, I think this, this raises one of the great questions of all time, maybe. This, this is... Uh, this is a tough one for you. This, this, I think mean, this is one of the most difficult questions that I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know how difficult to make it. I was kind of like, okay, I'll just throw it out there. Well, Terry, uh, 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 I would say, you know, there's a lot of things that are rare. <laughs> I don't know about the, the specific resources, per se, but I think, like, you know, in any big city, I think you want to do what you like to do, not just, you know, meet up with people or whatnot, but, you know, try to seek out those things that you like to do if you like to go to the movies. Uh, yeah, maybe look at resources like Craigslist or the Internet about people, you know, meeting up and whatnot. Uh, I, I, my best suggestion is to hang out with Ryan Holmes. Ryan Holmes knows all the cool people. You know, he's, he's in the city. He's a good kid. He knows a lot of great people, and he's fun to hang out with. And from there, I think that that's, I see, maybe this was the easiest question. Maybe it, you know? (laughs) 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 Well, thank you for your answer. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you'll be a second time listener. I hope so. Oh, yeah, of course. You did a great job, Weeks, at totally pawning all that onto me. Off of you, onto me. You know, I am a lawyer, Ryan. You know, we, we do learn things from law school. That's true. But at least you're not one who went to Yale. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, Sherry, I hope that we uh, answered your questions to your satisfaction. Um, there will be a brief survey at the end of this phone call, and you can okay. give John Weeks a rating from 1 to 16, 16 <laughs> being the best and okay. 1 being the worst. So far, the average the average is actually a negative 3, so we're trying to, trying to boost his rating. <laughs> How is that even okay. possible? That's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, well, I'll be happy to give you a positive review because 
I feel like my life is really turning around now. So thank you so much. Okay. Well, thank you, Sherry. Thank you for your question. And uh, get out there and, and be somebody. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, have a good night, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I hope you sure. keep listening after your call is over. We have a few more minutes left that you may you may enjoy. It may salvage Weeks' horrible advice. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Good night, Sherry. Thank you. Good night. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right. Um, so uh, we b- before uh, we uh, we get to the incident, I just need oh, to do something. Oh, the incident. Oh, bye. I need to do something. Just putting it up in, insert it, and then just pull the cardboard out. Put put it up in what? You said insert in your, it. The vagina. In the what? Yeah. In your vagina. Uh, your. Uh, did you, did you say in my in my butt? Your butt? Yeah, up, you know, up in front of your butt. Just stick it in there. <laughs> um, and now, are there are there safer ways to to handle this situation, or you to just think up the butt's the easiest way to go? Yeah, just stick it up your javanus, and that's it, honey. <laughs> it, it only goes in the javanus. You don't uh, put it in. In, in the what? I'm sorry. You, you, it goes up where? You, you said a word that I didn't hear before. The same word, I'm not pronouncing it very well. The same word you said that instead of the penis, the other, it goes up the... But? Uh, vagina. No, they put them up the vagina. They don't put them up their butt. It's just for... Oh, the javina. From, the, the javina? Yeah. Javina. Yeah, it's to keep... It's just for like when you're on your period. For ladies, <laughs> I, I mean, I think that lady, Sherry, would have been a, a better off calling her. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sherry. I don't get how much. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like you're going stir crazy. Next thing you know, you'll be in a movie with Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, babe. I would love to be in a movie with those guys. Good, good guys. Well, not Richard Pryor, but you know he's he's a ghost. I don't want to, you know, he's a ghost. But Gene uh, Wilder is great. Wait, Richard Pryor is not dead. Oh, Gene Wilder is dead. No, Gene Wilder's alive. No, he is not. Is he? He is. I don't think so. Gene Wilder's alive. Is he? I don't think so. Willy Wonka, right? Yeah, Willy Wonka. Oh, you might be Walker, right. He's alive. <laughs> Yo, you're he's right. He's in New York. <laughs> Did you ever listen to my uh, bit with Willie Walker last week? <laughs> <laughs> that was terrifying. Richard. Oh, wait. Richard Pryor did die. He did die. You're right. I yeah. Was See, what are you trying to do to me? Oh, I had no idea. I thought he was still, you know, in the, in the wheelchair and everything. No, no, Christopher Reeve has passed away too. What are you talking about? No, not Chris. No, because Richard Pryor, he had the the multiple sclerosis, was in the the wheelchair. Right, that's true. That's true. Anyway, um, <laughs> apologies to two wonderful dead comedians who won the right. live. No, no, you are still alive. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, we don't have much time, but briefly, uh, the the incident to which I'm referring is uh, is that uh, John Weeks and I we had a rather traumatic experience regarding a bachelor party 
that not from which neither of us have has yet recovered. Now, uh, I agreed uh, after that bachelor party. I said I cannot do this again. This is going to be the last time I do a, a destination weekend long bachelor party. When I was a kid, bachelor parties they were they were uh, a, a stripper, beer, and one night. That's it, right? That's right. Weeks, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. That's it. Not these exotic locations, these ridiculous excursions into the woods. And uh, he, here's um, the thing. Uh, I, you know, this kid that I'm a groomsman for, so there's, there's the first problem is I have an obligation as a groomsman um, to attend these festivities. The, the thing is this kid, his name is uh, John Robert Wallace Murphy. Um, <laughs> And he, I've known John since kindergarten. I've known John longer than I've known Andrew Mandrew. Who, Andrew Mandrew is my best friend for 20-some-odd years. John I knew a year later, so he's 20-some-odd plus one years. Um, so I figured, all right, for John, for Bobby Wally, I'll do it. I won't be happy about it, but I'll do it. And, uh, you know, the, just the same shit that always happens happened again, man. We, we, we went to Puerto Rico. Andrew and I missed our flight. It, it was like, is this happening again? You know, like, didn't John Weeks and I just have this problem? And I guess that wasn't for the bachelor party. That was for the wedding. But still, it's, that all blends together to me. I have no idea what the difference is between Jesus' bachelor party and wedding. That, that all is one big blend of... of, of I'm not going to finish that sentence. Of bad, of bad. B-A-T, bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Andrew, you know, the, the, and also Andrew, you know, comes here at like five something in the morning. It's very like deja vu from what, you know, you and I went through. And we <laughs> drive to some parking lot near JFK that he had some discount for. We take the shuttle to Kennedy. It was fine. Uh, we get in. We check our bags. We're perfectly on time. We're very early. Um, and we, we had some time, so we go and got some prefixes. And then the thing is, Andrew, my Andrew didn't get any uh, body gel or just shower soap the night before at Walmart. So we were trying to figure out what to get, you know. And, and the thing is, we didn't expect our flight to leave early. So uh, we weren't in the at the gate area at boarding time. And I remember Andrew Manger said to me in the soap shop, which, by the way, was like gourmet soaps. It was ridiculous. Um, He said, uh, maybe I should go check on the plane, man. And uh, I said, I just smiled, and I said, I think we're fine. And I was wrong because we go, the door is closed, the plane has already left the building. We see it. It's out there. But no one can get on at that point unless there's ten people who uh, who also were, were with us. So it was just me, Andrew, a screaming uh, military woman who was saying, I'm going to tell you what the fuck happened uh, to the Delta guy, which I don't think is the best thing to be yelling at in an airport. And then, uh, and then there was some guy who was like a bootleg bizarro Andrew who was like wearing the same exact thing, looked very similar. Um, and... Uh, anyway, we kept seeing those two throughout the day, but the issue was was that we uh, could not get on that flight, so the entire next flight was booked. 
So we had gotten to the airport at like 6 a.m. We miss our 8-something flight, and then the next one is at like 2-something. Uh, um, th- that is totally sold out. So we go and get tickets for the next one, which doesn't even get to Puerto Rico until 1.30 in the morning. Um, and luckily, we got on the plane so at that point, it was just a matter of like, okay, I'm going to calm down as soon as we get on the fucking plane. And I feel like an idiot for having missed the first one. Um, but here we go. Uh, and we, we got a, on the approved list to ride that Delta, to ride that D uh, for the <laughs> afternoon one. We ride that D. Andrew, by the way, I think he had some sort of retail therapy going on, and he bought all this like uh, crap at the airport. Like he bought this pillow thing that you put around your neck but when I put it on it was very uncomfortable and he didn't even take the cardboard off like you know take the cardboard out he didn't even take the cardboard off of it and it was just like he had it on the whole time he was walking through the airport on the flight uh it was he looked he looked like a like a serial killer then um we get to Puerto Rico uh and and the whole trip is basically a blur, um, but it was a colossal waste of time, a an even bigger waste of money. Every time I do one of these fucking things, they're always at least a thousand dollars. Every yeah. time, it like doesn't matter how you try to save your money, what you try to do. Mm-hmm. Every time, it winds up being a G. Every time, every time, yeah. every time. So. Um, that is still infuriating. And then, uh, you know, we, we walked around, we saw San Juan and we, we, you know, we, uh, we went out one night, um, and we went to the beach a couple days. I got burnt to a crips. Um, but as you have said weeks, the novelty of these things wears off after about an hour or two. And that absolutely is the case with every bachelor party that I've been to. After about an hour, other than the ones that are just like local and one night, that those are okay. Right. Even the one that Dujnik had in Boston was okay because it was Boston and not Puerto Rico, and it wasn't like. And and I informed them going in that I hated bachelor parties, so they did everything to make it comfortable for me. Um, so, uh, but these uh, these weekend long destination bachelor parties, just the novelty wears off very quickly, and then you're stuck for. Mm-hmm four or five days, and um, and there was just, and what inevitably happens also is that there winds up being dr- drama amongst the group, and right. everyone's complaining about everyone else, and then they're, you know, people are complaining about Julian for making everyone late, and then people are complaining about me for, they gotta wait about, wait for me to use the bathroom all the time, um, and, uh, it, and it was just like, no smiles, you know, after, after like, a, one night, there, nobody was, like, smiling or laughing, really, um, except, like, very briefly at times, and it's just kind of, you're just kind of going through the motions and hoping it'll be over. Meanwhile, the house that we right. stayed at that, that kid Tom booked um, was uh, disgusting. It, it looked nice in the photographs on the interwebs. But we were there. We were cohabitating it with <laughs> lizards and um, frogs or coquis down there, uh, and uh, roaches 
and just oh, various God. forms of wildlife were in the house with us. Uh, <laughs> and Tom also would do things like throw furniture into the pool from the porch. Oh, God. Like the, the balcony. And uh, he kept saying things like, suck my motherfucking dick, and shit like that. Um, and you know the kid. He's a very kind of uh, abrasive person. Uh, I'm, I'm actually surprised that, that he kind of didn't drive me as fucking nuts as, as I would have expected. Um, it was just kind of like, we kind of just kind of, I don't know, we had this understanding that we didn't really know each other, so we, you know, it, we didn't really talk much, uh, which right. is good. Um, and... The, I think a major issue, uh, maybe the most major one to me is that mm-hmm. when you have these things, people, and not even the groom, like people have certain expectations of what you should be doing. So mm-hmm. say like Julian's like, we didn't come to Puerto Rico to sit in the house and do this, which, you know, right. that is true. But at the same time, he wants to do stuff like go out clubbing and drinking and stuff. And right. I don't drink anymore and mm-hmm. I am exhausted <laughs> uh, from the, you know flying around the world uh, and right. being you know I probably have heat stroke from being on the beach all day and whatnot and and it was just constant a constant thing of like one person wants to do this and people don't want to do this and people want to do that and then I remember one time John Robert Wallace Murphy even like got a little confrontational to Julian and was like you had us out until four o'clock in the morning last night and Julian was like, uh, "Like, well, I'm sorry. Didn't you say you want to turn up? We got turned up. Um, and it was just, it's. It, I, I think I've come to the conclusion that the mains do not travel well together. I don't think that we're meant to be in places for a long, extended period of time. At least not, um, how do I put this? Not, at least not with, like, there needs to be a conversation beforehand about, like, people's expectations of what, what right. should be happening and what shouldn't be happening. Because, like, it, this never felt like it was John's bachelor party to me. This, this felt like it was somebody else's. This felt like it was somebody who is a drinker, who is a partier, who wants to be in a like a party location and whatnot. And, it, and John is none of those things. He said that he wanted to go there, so we went there. Um, but it's it just didn't really feel like his own bachelor party to me. Anyway, I don't know. It felt it felt like it was a couple of the other guys were kind of dictating things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just spent a lot of money. I was so happy to be back. Uh, I, oh, also another thing, Scott Spezio. He he says the word honestly. Before every fucking sentence he says, <laughs> every sentence, every single sentence, every every sentence, he goes like, "Okay, what do you want to do tonight?" Honestly, like I'm cool with uh, like drinking by the pool. Uh, what do you want to do tomorrow? Honestly, like I'm good to just watch soccer in the house. Uh, oh shit! Did you see that car? Honestly, Puerto Ricans are the worst drivers. <laughs> that's, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm, that's I'm, an I'm, excellent I'm, impression of him. Actually, that's, that's, that's just like him. <laughs> Honestly, 
honestly, I'm going to bed. He probably says, honestly, I'm waking up in his sleep before he wakes up. Like, honestly, you guys, like, if I didn't have you guys in Connecticut, I, I would have blown my brains out by now. Honestly, like, you know, it's just... Um, um, I don't think I ever want to come back to Puerto Rico. Honest, honestly, like, let's just go to the Cheesecake Factory. Everything. Everything. He says everything. And oh, that's another thing. We went to the Cheesecake Factory for dinner one night, which was Scott's idea, and I, I, I uh, went along with it. I, I enjoyed that. I had never gotten in to the Cheesecake Factory when I tried to go in America, or in, like, on the mainland. Um, so... So, you know, I wanted to go, and then uh, Julian was at the mall with us. This was at a mall that he, Julian wanted to go to. But Julian was like, nah, I'm going to go get something to eat somewhere else because, uh, you know, I didn't come to Puerto Rico to eat food that I, 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 I can get at home. Right, but at the same token, I didn't come to Puerto Rico to walk in a Foot Locker at the right, mall. Right, right, right. Or... Abercrombie or or all these stores. So there was like a lot of hypocrisy in 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 terms of what we were doing and and like mm-hmm. understanding each other. And it was just a fucking nightmare, bro. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds kind of like it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, let me ask you: Was anybody like happy with the the bachelor party? They came out real happy. Like, satisfied. Uh, like I did what I wanted to do, and uh, this was the best bachelor party I could have asked for. Not noticeably, no. Not oh, like okay. I. I don't know. I think, and, and uh, I don't mean to to rag on on anyone. Uh, it, it, it especially it sounds like I've been talking about Julian a lot. I don't mean to. I I'm just making the point that there are uh, th- these expectations, and people have right. you know different lifestyles that kind of maybe. Um, you know, I'll respect what you do. You respect what I do, and and not that not that people didn't respect wh- when you talk to them. When when I was like, I really, you know, I don't need to be around alcohol. Uh, people understood. Uh, but anyway, um, digging myself a deeper hole here. I think I, I don't mean to um, speak disparagingly about anyone because it's not about that. It's not about the drama between us. It's about right. My disdain for weekend-long mm-hmm. destination bachelor parties, and it is getting right. to the point where, where where even the one-night ones are becoming difficult to attend. Like uh, I had to go to my friend's bachelorette party, which was fun to be invited to. It was odd. Um, there was even a straight guy with us. There was you know several gays, one straight guy. But but I, I loved the idea she had that she wanted to celebrate her bachelorette party with her best friends. That was great. But it was still fucking miserable. I still wanted it to be over. Um, it still lost its novelty. I got into this big this, like argument with some Republican before, <laughs> like, uh, like right when it started. Uh, anyway, um, it's, uh, <clears throat> my point with th- that whole thing is that I, I am I am retiring. I am retiring <laughs> from... This is it. This is the end. Yeah. Uh, the, you just said the name of two movies that I love. <laughs> That's right. Two great movies. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is it, man. This, this, I, 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 when we went to the rental car place to return the rental car in San Juan, or 
yeah, by the airport, I um, I rushed into the bathroom because I had to take a shit real bad, real real bad, and I'm on that toilet in the rental car place, but pretty decent bathroom, and I uh, I I G chatted Nick Fondulis. Uh, I am so exhausted from these yeah. destination weekend long bachelor parties. I'm so over it, and yeah. he. And and we had agreed that San Juan was beautiful and that you know Puerto Rico is nice and whatnot, but just that it's it like it loses novelty and it's not worth like the whole. It's too much money. It's too much time. And so then he said, "I couldn't agree more." I stopped going to them, and then it like it reminded me, right? I need to stop doing this. I can't do this anymore. I even told Scott, if you have your because he kept saying he wanted to have his thing in Vegas. I said, I am not going. Nope. No, thank you. And I think I've decided that if I ever have a bachelor party, it's going to be an hour in a local facility. Maybe it'll be in a mental institution. Oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, we get back uh, to, to New York, and, mm-hmm. and then Scott Spezio, like, the thing is that I, when I ride in Andrew's car, I get very nauseous because he drives like a maniac. And yeah, what he I mean does. by no, that is, I don't mean he drives recklessly, but I mean right. that he breaks, like a red light, he breaks yes. about ten times before you actually get to the light. Whereas <laughs> most people would ease into breaking once. He, so then my stomach is like very irritated every time I get in Andrew's car, and I, I ask him not to do that and stuff, and it's just it's very habitual for him. Um, so, uh, so I, um, when we're going, when we get back to New York, I tell, uh, or Scott says shotgun. And I said, come on, man, you know, I'll puke all over the place. And then he was like, honestly, okay. Uh, but just cause I'm a nice guy. Uh, and then like Andrew dropped Andrew. Okay. I told him that I, I needed, I needed to get money out that I owed Andrew. So I told him to take me to McDonald's where I do my banking uh, near my uh, apartment, so I go to the McDonald's ATM, and Scott gets out of the car too. And I was like, "What are you getting out of the car for?" And he's getting out of the back seat, and he said, "Honestly, I'm having a cigarette, and uh, and also I need to get in the front seat." And I said, "But we still got to go to my house, though." And he was like, "Oh, okay." And he was like, "Andrew, you just want to eat here instead of eating at White Castle?" And Andrew's like, "No, thanks, so, man." And, like, he, like, thought that Andrew was dr- – I think he thought that I lived at McDonald's. I, he thought that that was my house. Like, honestly, does Ryan live at McDonald's? Um, so it, that that was, like, how it ended, you know? And then he, Andrew dropped me off, and I was so happy to be back. I had to work the next day, but I was happy to do it. <laughs> I was – you know, it was one of those vacations where I would rather be at work then on vacation. The worst part about all of it to me is that these things are not vacations of my own volition. They're not right. things that I choose. Like, I would much rather, you know, like, I mean, the wedding in L.A. in the fall was great because I wanted to go there and visit people. I wanted to make it a vacation, and it was a wedding. There's a, I think there is a difference between how miserable... Uh, a bachelor party uh, trip can be and, and a wedding trip. I don't think the, the wedding uh, vacations are nearly as bad as the bachelor party ones. But anyway, wow. um, 
I got home and and you know I I don't think any of us are any better for having seen what we saw there. Uh, I don't know, man. What do you think about the whole thing? Me? Yeah. What do you think? What's your reaction to my story there? Well, I think. You know, first of all, I gotta say you deserve a medal. I think uh, you know for doing this yes. after what we went through with uh, I do. Andrew and still going through this. And not only are you a good friend. John, you know, but a great friend, and uh, but you 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 take that, and you did a good job, man. You that's amazing. I think you know for you to go on that trip is is very commendable, respectful, and uh, you deserve a medal for being a best friend for going all the way over there. The expenses, the the annoyances. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on there, and uh, I think you. I don't think you necessarily you know, like the trip. Uh, you of course you love the people you went with. Uh, but I, yeah. I think it's just it's just the idea of and the the kind of you know uh, the hassle going through yeah the expectations and the exhaustion that these yes. trips and these bachelor parties cause to a human being seriously I I'm not kidding when I say uh, you know that Jesus's bachelor party probably ruined bachelor parties for the rest of my life you know I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding when I say I probably I will not have a bachelor party, you know, because of what happened at that bachelor party. I'm just, uh, it was nightmarish, and I never want that to ever happen to anybody again. <laughs> but, you know, right. with, that being said, with that being said, I respect you for going. I think you went, uh, you, you you did it for your friend, and that shows what, uh, how great of a person you are. And, uh, you know, John should definitely appreciate that, and, and uh, I'm sure he does, and I'm um, I'm sure you had a good time. It's just that this stuff takes a toll on you, and uh, you know we're not like twenty-one year old, twenty-one year olds that right. can do this kind of stuff and party hard and right. and uh, you know kind of recover. The emotional impact of it is so detrimental to your well-being. I don't think any amount of uh, recovery is ever going to fix things. I am in a black hole right now. My mind, I, there's a part of my mind I'll never get back from that day is, is uh, you know, walking in the woods. Do you remember how many bucks were on my hat, on my head, on my skin, on my shirt? I could have I fallen down. I, 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 I could have fallen down dead there, covered in bugs. Covered in bugs. It was terrible. And yet you kept encouraging that trail to continue, that eight-mile thing. Well, you know, you know, that, that bachelor party does funny things to a man's psyche. I, I went crazy. And, uh, you, know, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, like in The Shining when he's in the maze and he's going after his kid, that's how I kind of was. I was like, well, you know, you don't want to go, uh, you, know, the, you know, down to the end of the pole. Let's go another seven miles. And Jesus looked at me. Very strangely, he thought I was going to try to kill him or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I went delirious. There was a delirium with these bachelor parties that I just could not physically take. I, if I went to Puerto Rico, I wouldn't come back. I'd be going mm-hmm. back in a box. Uh, and that's not why i got to say i got to commend you. Congratulations. That, you know, you are the bravest man probably on this planet for going down there mm-hmm. and, 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 and going through that. And coming back alive, and still <laughs> keeping a positive, generally positive attitude about it, and you, you did that for your friends. I think it's uh, you're the better man, sir, better man. And uh, but mm-hmm. you know, I know what you're talking about. He's, first of all, you're going away, far away to a place you don't know. 
that means you've got a plan. There's got to be concrete plans that everybody kind of agrees on. Not everybody's going to agree on everything because those are pretty all distinct personalities, except for maybe Scott. You know, he's, he's honestly, Scott is just that, that way. <laughs> but uh, secondly, <laughs> so you've got to know what you're doing. You've got to plan it well because you're, you're there for a little while and, and you expect a hell of a lot of money to go down there, so you want to make it worth it. Uh, you know, and then secondly, you have to incorporate the entire group. Even people who are not part of the bachelor group, you know, I understand they can pick the location, but they, everybody should be who's going should be able to have some kind of input. And there needs to be, everybody physically needs to get together and talk about it. I think that's just the way it goes. You know, you can't do it. We saw what happens when you do, uh, you know, uh, voting procedures online and <laughs> emails. I can't keep it back. And uh, yellies. But, um, <laughs> and you know. Calling, calling the fiancés. Yes, yes. Yes, and 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 thirdly, uh, you know, Josh should have been more, you know, you know, telling people what to do, and you know, he's got to interject himself because this is his party, and you know, the people closest to him should have been like, we're doing this, this is what John wants, that's it, you know, and um, you know, you can't be lackadaisical about it, you know, because if you are, then everybody's gonna get what they want, or everybody's not gonna get what they want, and everybody's gonna be angry at the end of it, and. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that has is a numbers game. So you got to pick a certain number of people to go with you who are really close to you on the bachelor party. If, if not, it could be complete disaster and chaos. Sometimes it, it gels. Sometimes it just miraculously works. Uh, mm-hmm. And that depends. That depends on the personality of the person, the groom. But uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't at all. And I've seen most, for the most part, it doesn't. So I think actually our group gelled on the. the that's your party with Jesus. But that's only because we wanted to survive. That's, 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 it had nothing to do with we really all liked each other. I think we just wanted to get through it. Well, the thing with, with gelling with, I think, gelling with Ken was that he just, he wasn't Perry and, and fuck Perry. <laughs> and I think, you know, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to come out and say this. I enjoyed Main Drew's bachelor party until Main Drew ruined it. <laughs> I I enjoyed it and and you know kudos to you again because you planned most of that and I think you did a great job with that. You know you mm. you had a lot of diversity in what we we're doing. You did bowling, you did baseball, you did every and you, you incorporated what Andrew wanted to do, and you had a larger group. Yeah, yeah but you, we you didn't get a group there. We didn't get to bowl. Right, we didn't get the ball. We we did the karaoke though, and we got we got uh, great, you know, we uh, ate out and all that kind of good stuff. We had a good no, time. I thought that we was a good time. We ate the game. Yeah. Right, um, we ate the Mets game. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, that was, go that like, was good, except for Jeremy and Andrew. Right, exactly. I, I, it was going great. I thought it was a stellar bachelor party until it was sabotaged mm-hmm. by Jeremy. I think Jeremy sabotaged it. <laughs> yes, agreed. Uh, also, in in uh, by the way, before we move on, I just want to say, I love you, Scott. I love you, Julian. I love you, Bobby Wally. Um, uh, I love you, Andrew No Homo. Uh, I love I uh, Tom. I do not love. I don't love you. Um, and am I am I forgetting somebody? No, no, you're not. I, you know, I, I agree with you. I love all the mains. We're just talking about the general experience of bachelor parties. It's not really, 
you know, commenting on the specifics, of course. It's not really, you know, we're just being neutral critics, I think. You know who didn't go? Well, yeah, you, him, but... Jay! But J- was Jay, Jay there? Jay was not Jay there. Go? Jay did not go. Jay did not go? Jay did not go. And he's the best man, man. Why? But what was his... I guess he said oh. that there was some issue, some family issue... And stuff. And but I remember when I was ordering, when I was like hadn't ordered the tickets yet. Julian's like, "You waiting for Jason to order the tickets? You know Jay, Lion Jay, who? Oh like, boy. You know I don't even know if he'll get the ticket anyway. So, um, so who knows? I'm I'm gonna choose to believe that he did get his ticket and return it. Um, right. but but who knows? And he wasn't there, and that's the best mine mine. And like right. the, you know, and he was part of the whole reason we were there because it was the whole like, oh, let's go to New Orleans. Uh, no, that's I, I'm like that sounds like a really bad idea. Let's go to the Dominican Republic. That's even worse. And uh, okay, here's the solution: Puerto Rico. Oh, and that's what I meant to tell you. The uh, the driving there. Okay, well the the pedestrians are yeah. almost worse than the drivers. People will get out in front of your car. And just stand there. We saw a guy, like, at a red light at a busy intersection, jump out of his car, pop the trunk, push down plastic bags, close the trunk, and get back in his car. Like, I don't think those plastic bags were going to fall out. Then we saw this other car. Like, all of a sudden, Andrew goes, what the? And we see this car at a busy-ass intersection going in reverse up the street 30 miles an hour. You know, driving backwards, essentially. Right, it was right. insane. <laughs> insane. Oh, my God. Hey, at least you guys saw a different... You, know, you went and saw Puerto Rico. You know, a lot of people can, can't say they did. That's nice. <laughs> and that is... That perfectly sums up how I feel about that. Um... <laughs> In conclusion, uh, when you when when you think about these bachelor parties and what they have done to our psyche, what they've done to our mind, you mentioned that they're very detrimental um, to our mentality. There's a piece of your mind missing now. I want you to be aware that there's double that missing for me now. After I this. know that, I know, <laughs> so, I know that you took. There's a greater toll on you now. I mean, uh, I, I worry for you. I, I worry for you greatly. I I worried for you on that trip. I didn't think you you possibly could make it back. Seriously. And sober it's, too. Sober. <laughs> and I you know I thought all kinds of bad things were going to happen there. But uh, did you go ziplining at all? Ziplining? Uh, they I think they went before we got there. Um, we we you know we missed our flight so we couldn't go. But I was open to that. I was open to doing. The, all the outdoor, you know, stuff that, that white people do in America. I was open to doing all that down there. Um, so, like, my, my main thing was just the beach. I wanted to go to the beach. I got burnt to a crypt, though. I got, I, like, I, you know, it was, I knew it was bad because my skin on my forehead was flaking off so much that it was, like, brown, and it looked like I had a full head of hair. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It was gross. Oh my gosh! Gross. Um, it's gross, bro. 
but oh yeah, by the way, I'm the six months sober tomorrow. Tomorrow will be six months. Oh my gosh! Congratulations, brother. Thank wow. you. Wow. Thank you. And you went through that bachelor party, and you're still sober. That is amazing. You know, dude, you. This is amazing. You know, I, I don't know how you did that without drinking. <laughs> this is wedding where I was just drinking that alcoholic punch like crazy. Yeah, that you concocted yourself. That peach, <laughs> like peach champagne. You told the bartender to mix it. Did we have a name for it? Did we call it something? Like the, <laughs> I, I forgot what we called it. Yeah. But it was, it was, we called it like blood juice. I don't remember that, the blood mine or something. But it, we, it was amazing. I had like a dozen of those things. Remember when I was just standing in the in the bushes, in the like <laughs> garden at the end of it, and everyone was looking at me like I was nuts? I was hammered, bro. <laughs> but how could I not be? But remember they kept like running out of beer and there was 106 degrees out and it was, that was fucking hell and that i think that moment when i got in the in the grass um over the fence i think that's when i completely lost any type of sanity i had left and i don't think i've recovered it to this day you know after all we went through with the bachelor party and the wedding i, th- I don't think it was a worse moment in my entire life than when we were standing there for about Two hours waiting for that goddamn bus from the hotel to pick us up. I don't think I ever felt worse. I was, it was like 107 degrees out. I was being attacked by bugs. I didn't care because I was so drunk and, and getting hung over at that point. It was just, oh, my God. It was like it was the hangover, but I wanted to die. Wait. <laughs> this was when... Uh, we you we were waiting for the bus to go back. It was when I was stepping in the in the plants. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't um, know what the hell you were doing. I didn't. You were like in a different realm at that point, and I just wanted to. <laughs> I just wanted to die. I wanted to fall over and just be the end of me. You know. <laughs> Death would have been the better option. <laughs> it probably would have been. You know, it would have saved me from a lot of grief, and it didn't end. You remember the next day where we we, we got in that cab? I thought we were going to die in that ride over yeah. there. We we got like two hours of sleep, as always with Jesus events. Two hours <laughs> of sleep, and then we get in the the cab, and and then that noise was was crazy. I've never been so happy to return to um to uh. <laughs> Didn't we we landed in Queens and I was so happy to to, to step foot in Astoria. I remember on the uh, the, me- the subway or something like that. We, we I Marta? kept you know, on the, the subway in New York at the end of the trip. Yeah. Uh, I I kept saying bro. Do you remember that? I was like bro, bro, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. I I had lost my mind by that point. I oh well, yes yeah. <laughs> I'm still looking for my mind, dude. That's why. That's why I came to the state of Vermont to find peace. I still, I'm still searching. Quite frankly, there's a there's a lot less birds here, and uh, it's it's my safe house over here. And a lot more heroin. Yes, that's exactly. That's the only way I can deal with this. I, I don't think I ever will get over it. But well, what, what was your favorite part about that wedding? Uh, Oh my God! This made me 
one of the most difficult questions uh, ever asked of me. Uh, really? Because I have a pretty good idea of what the answer should be, but but I want to see you try first. Like, you know, what I thoroughly enjoyed? Yeah. Um, the mac and cheese was damn good. <laughs> I mean... Uh, there's a, there was a particular moment where something happened that should not have happened. Oh, you're talking about you're definitely talking about the the, the cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that moment. What that meant to you? <laughs> I mean, like it's like you know, in, that mo- in some moments of your life when you know there's a higher power or some kind of you know something in the universe that that knows your existence and will come to show you that it exists, and it's just, you know, you, you realize that there's something else out there. And, you know, so when when they went to go cut the uh, wedding cake uh, and everything <laughs> fell over the edge into the swamp or whatever that was, <laughs> uh, you knew there was someone who was not agreeable to the wedding or to at least, show you that this is not right. Something something was not right there. Uh, I'm not saying with their, their marriage or whatnot, or whatnot. I'm just saying at that event, there was somebody who was screwing around with it and wanted that to happen because it, it, it just was not right. Nothing was right with that event. Nothing. <laughs> and didn't we have to clean up a bunch of, like, weird chocolate frogs at the end of it that had melted? Yes, or we, had to, we had to clean everything at the end of it, like an hour and a half of cleaning. <laughs> I, I, it was just awful. Oh. Again, I have, no, I have no recollection of whether that was the engagement party, the bachelor party, or the wedding when we cleaned all those frogs. I don't even no, know. That was, that was the wedding. I don't remember much of the bachelor party because I've since... Black a lot of it out, block a lot of it out of my mind. I, I don't, I don't think I have the brain capacity to do that anymore. Seriously, I I can't. Yeah. I remember birds and bugs all over my body. <laughs> like, all over. I remember you. You look like pure death. Like, uh, you know, when I saw you, I didn't think you would make it back. Seriously, I. When you said, "I guys, I got to go back. My allergies are killing me." I mean, my friends, you do not look like you just had allergies. You look like uh, I, I, I was worried. But, uh, you know, and then when, when uh, Ken left, I knew things were bad. When Ken <laughs> left, I knew too. things. I, when Ken left, I knew it was, it was, there was then there was two. It, I may die in that swamp that day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, what is your favorite scene in She's the Man with Amanda Bynes? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. My favorite scene in She's the My Mind, featuring Amanda Bynes' mind, has got to be, well, we all know this scene. Yes. It's incredible. Yes. Uh, you know, Amanda Bynes plays the President of the United States and on its eve of destruction, delivers one of the greatest Fourth of July speeches ever. I think I've done this before, but I think it's necessary in terms of the holiday coming around. Amanda Bynes just knocks it out of the park. <laughs> Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world 
and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We are fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today we celebrate our Independence Day. And that's my favorite scene. And she's the main man, she's the main, the bang, the bang. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. My favorite what's scene. What's your favorite scene? Yes. My favorite scene in She's the Man with Amanda Bynes. It's really hard to say it normally now. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just doing that to save time. Um, is she is she plays a guy. She plays one of those guys who's like, you know, those. And she says, and I don't really know the movie very well. Uh, I need to, I still have half of it to go. I watched half of it when I lived in L.A. and I still haven't finished it. So but she's she's in the movie and she's talking to John Travolta and she says, the path of the righteous man is based on beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is the who, in the name of charity and goodwill, shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon you. And that's my favorite scene in She's a Man with a Man of Bumper Bumper Brain. That was incredible. I love that scene. I loved it, and you delivered it with power. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, oh, thank you. Are, are you back in touch with Mousy, or is she still with Mousy? Oh, I'm still not in touch with Mousy. She's still, you know, uh, you know, captured and imprisoned by... Martha Stewart and her gang over there. Uh, you know, I'm still waiting what for Martha the single... Stewart's gang look like? Martha Stewart's gang? Oh, yeah, all, they, look all like? they... They look like a bunch of puffy fur balls with croquet nets over, around their heads. <laughs> Are they dogs they or like humans? Bunch, they, they look like a bunch of Furbies with quil, uh, quilts around their waists. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever okay. seen a Furby? Yes. Scary, right? Yes. Yes. Um, one day, one day they'll rule the world. <laughs> so she's she's with Martha Stewart, and and the single has the single dropped yet? No, the single has not dropped yet. Didn't you say it was going to drop like a month ago? I did. I did. I haven't even heard it yet. I think <laughs> now, I think Mousy's full of crap. I, I <laughs> promise you. But I, but I promise you, next next uh, show, this song's coming out, okay. and uh, and uh, we'll hear it. And I think I think you'll see why it's been such 
anticipation, you know, and why it's been taking so long. They've been really working around the clock on this, and uh, Martha Stewart's about to make a big comeback. <laughs> Very nice. Now, uh, Weeks, what's the deal? With, is is next week you can do or can't do? What's the deal? Uh, next week I can, I can do, yeah. Okay, okay, good, because because I, I, I as I've had double the trauma, I need double the therapy. You see what no I'm saying? No problem. I desperately <laughs> need it myself. Um, yes. I, I find myself going relapsing a lot, so. Uh, I, and I so what do you mean? You go back? Way. You go back and join random bachelor parties? That's your relapse? I, well, no. I go back and I keep reliving that same old bachelor party with Jesus. Yeah, me too. Uh, yes, mentally all the time. Uh, you know, some people will see me at work and I'll just have this, like, kind of dumb, you know, uh, voiceful uh, appearance, just, like, empty, complete emptiness. I'll just, like, freeze. I'll freeze at work and just keep looking at it and just look at the computer. I won't blink or anything for for, you know, a, a half an hour or so, and uh, it's just, it's gotten to be a real problem, because it's, uh, it's affecting my, my life, my libido, everything. <laughs> <laughs> how, is but, it, you know, how is it affecting your libido? I, I have no will to uh, ever meet a woman and get married because I know I'll have to go through a bachelor party. <laughs> and um, quite frankly, it's ruined my whole love life. It's ruined everything. <laughs> I don't want to ever procreate if my son or daughter has to go through a bachelor or bachelorette party. <laughs> it's just not right. It's got to end now. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, it, it, yeah. It, it's <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? No, it's deep and it's dark, and it's darker than any uh, True Detective episode can be. I tell you, <laughs> if I if I could write the next season of True Detective, all I would do is uh, build it around this bachelor party. That's all I would do. You know, I hear Brad Pitt may be in the next season. Oh, seriously? Well, that he's yeah. a great actor. It would be yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Weeks, I, I cannot thank you enough for sticking around as long as you did tonight. I really appreciate it. I know we went, uh, almost an hour over, so thank you, sir. Not a problem. No, thank you. Thank you for having the show, and, uh, as always, doing a wonderful job with it and, uh, making it interesting for listeners out there and, uh, for myself as well. You do a lot of work. A lot of well, work. Well, it's my pleasure, and we'll have a more normal-length show for you next week, fam. And, uh... I just want to thank uh, Carrie Compare for coming on and, and knocking it out of the park. What a, what a delight she is. And, and seriously, oh, yeah. check out her YouTube videos, man. As soon as we get off, check out her singing. Um, uh, what was the name of that song? God damn it. I'll, I'll get it to you afterwards. But Okay. Well, I want to see that show. I want to see uh, yes. that the show with you. Me. So we should do that. Oh, let's do it. Um, and, and maybe she can hook some brothers up. Yeah. What? Yeah. Heck yeah. So, uh, big thanks to her. Thanks to her manager, Susan, for hooking it up. And um, also, uh, Tom Fogarty, wishing you well. Break a leg with all your stuff. Don't break a hip or nothing, but break a leg. Um, And uh, and I'm sure it'll all be okay. And and I'm sorry you have to deal with all the the unnecessary abuse. So, uh, uh, but but it'll be okay. And um, 
who else? Thanks to Sherry for calling in and 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 asking um, quite a ridiculous question. It, it kind of you know war- warranted a ridiculous response. So that's okay. Uh, Anyway, it's been a, an action-packed show, and I can think of no better way of ending the show than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence, and if you have a Barbie doll, what are you going to do to that fucker? You're going to wrap her up in that American flag, stuff some hamburgers in her mouth, stuff some hot dogs in her mouth, light her up on fire, blow her up like the greatest fireworks show you ever seen, and happy 4th of July, America! <laughs> happy 4th of July, America! Set that Barbie on fire. Yeah, mate. Somebody owes me a martini. <laughs> Good night, mate. Starry night. On the starry night that America was born, we went through fire and brimstone. Get to where we are today. And we'll strive and survive and live on through the night. America, America the beautiful, so pretty and nice, with the streets and city lights, America celebrates its beauty on the 4th of July, thank you. You know the red, white, and blue (laughs) is gorgeous to you. America, America, oh, this is you. And blue, I love you.